We shall give this a try. It's the news, according to me. <sighs> Good morning. It is uh, Wednesday, November 29th, 2023, 11.08 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And yes, my voice is still a little bit, a little bit shoddy, unfortunately. We'll see how long this lasts. I don't know um, if I can continue to talk for very long. It's probably going to be a short show, but a show nonetheless. And it shall go on because it is the show and the show shall go on. That's what it is. So we have, um, I have a couple things in my cup here. I've got, I'm almost, almost empty already. I guess it's all right. I'm almost drank all this. Uh, yeah, I have, um, I have regular black tea with honey, a little bit of, uh, what is that oil I put in there? Coconut oil in there, but it's, um, it's mostly black tea. Uh, the, co- coconut oil really helps my voice quite a bit. Uh, it doesn't take very much. It takes like a half a teaspoon or a teaspoon uh, in my tea to really make a difference, but the honey really helps with the, uh, the healing part of my voice. However, the, and it might be painful for you to listen to me. I, I don't, it's some people have a hard time listening to somebody that talks like this. I don't, for me to listen to myself right now would be very difficult because it just, it sounds painful, but it is, and it is, but it's, it's not really painful. It's just, it's just annoying. It's got this annoying kind of thing to it. Some people, some people don't mind it at all. Or some people, some people really don't, don't like it at all, but it's, it's, um, so if you don't, if you can't listen to it, just, just, you know, tune it out. Just, just uh, turn it off, delete this file. Cause I don't get, it doesn't sound any better as I go. I'm sure, I'm sure not going to sound any better. But I've been drinking this, uh, this, this regular tea with honey and uh, coconut oil. And that seems to be really, really, it smooths out your voice. I, I used to do this a lot of times when I was, when I was really busy doing voiceover work. <clears throat> for a while, I, that's all I did. Um, Full time, I just did voiceover work for a long time for several years and, and developed that into a, a fairly decent business and it still is. And um, now I just do big jobs, the big paying jobs. And because uh, it just, it's just worth my time. I, I, it, it's, it's amazing to me how a job that pays $200 takes about the same amount of time and effort, sometimes more than a job that pays $3,000. So you figure out how many, how many, $3,000 jobs or how many, how many, how many $200 jobs you have to, you have to do to make $3,000. I mean, you can, you know, just do the math on that for a second. You've got, well, let's just do it. Let's just do the, the math on that. You know, 3,000 divided by 200 is 15. If you do a, a job a day, I can do a couple, couple two hundred dollars. Well, I mean, you, I could probably do uh, four of those jobs, three or four of those jobs in a day. So, so figure a week of doing fifteen jobs for two hundred dollars, and in one day, I can do a three thousand dollars job and make the same amount of money. And I can get those three thousand dollars jobs. I can get them a couple times a week. So, nonetheless, uh, I, it would be. And, and typically the $3,000 job doesn't, sometimes it doesn't require as much time because frankly, they're set up for it. They're, they're usually, it's a big, big dollar project, big company, big marketing firm. They call me over the phone. They have a director. They have a, a script analyst. They have their lawyer on the phone typically to make sure I'm not saying anything wrong or implying anything the way I say it. 
and they have usually usually a company representative. So so say say Home Depot calls at this marketing company and wants a, you know an internal video for their onboarding of their staff or whatever. So they so they have it. They they call me. They're doing this video and they want they have need a narrator. So they the marketing company then uh, puts out this option. They post it on a on a site for for uh, doing auditions and I and I, I win the audition. So I I, I go and I, I call them and I, they set up a time for me to. For all these people to be on the line while I'm recording, they're going to be on, in my ear. It may take an hour to, to read a few lines. And so I'm on the, on the phone for an hour. I send them the file. Sometimes they just want, they don't want anything yet edited. They, they, want, they want the whole the whole session, the whole one hour f- session, one file, one send it one time, send an invoice. It literally takes me, with the audition included, it takes me about two hours to do the entire job. A lot of a lot of times, if it's, if it's an advertisement, sometimes it, it could be more more than that. It could be a three hundred dollar job for the recording, and then it's you know three or four thousand dollars for the usage. And the more usage they do, the more money it's going to cost them. So they can be upwards of ten, twenty thousand dollars. So you know when it's all said and done, right, over the years it can it can add up to that much, if not all at once. So we. Um, You know, it, it's 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 one of those things where if I spend all my time doing two hundred dollar jobs, I'm I'm working like crazy. It because I still have to do the same amount of billing, same amount of you know every every job has to you know there are certain things that take that much time. Now sometimes the two hundred dollar jobs, I'll send them, they won't even call in. They just have me send them a few files, and of course then it's back and forth, over and over again. And so I'll I'll end up you know going back and forth, back and forth. And I'll end up spending, you know, five, six hours sometimes on a project for $200. And, you know, they're, they get nitpicky and they start, well, we have to have this said this way and this way. I'm going to change this little script part of the script here. That gets more annoying. So, uh, realistically, there, there are some clients I can't afford to have, frankly. So, I, I pick and choose much more now than I, than I used to. But that's because I have the skills, I, I've had have the experience, and, and I've worked my way up from doing those $200 jobs. That's where, that's where I cut my teeth, so to speak, learning what I've learned about doing voiceover work. And that's, that's how, you know, that's how it works. That's how life is. You get, you get the experience. And by the time you're in your 50s, you're, you're, most men, by the time they're in their late 50s, are at their peak of earning potential. Doesn't always happen that way, but that's that's normally the case with most men. They are at their at their peak of earning potential, and, they, and that's that's what ha- that's what happened to my dad. My dad was, I think, in his late fifties, early sixties when he really started coming into his own and making making decent money. And of course, he had, he had a business of his own, but he he um, he had started several businesses throughout life, much like me. I've probably started more businesses before I was thirty than he did his entire life, but I, but I, well, you know, he, he was, he was, he was, he was, he was better at business than I was, than I have ever been. Um, I've learned some things and I, I think I've, hopefully I've gotten better and I, I'm, you know, I'm at that, I'm at that stage in life where hopefully I'm at my, I'm at peak earning potential. Of course, this is where the, this is where the government really likes to stick it to you. Tell you, you didn't build that. Oh, you're just operating on the shoulders of everyone else around you. Yeah, whatever. 
for those of you who've gone through it, you know you've paid your dues. And you know that you, you've struggled through life enough. You finally have made it to a certain point in life where you got some things figured out. You've stepped up to responsibilities that have cost you dearly in life, made choices. Stuck with some things, through some things. And you've become, I would say, successful. You've made it through. You've raised your kids. You've seen them become independent or less dependent on you. And it's in that process that our character is formed. A character that's willing to step out and move forward do the things we need to do and to earn, you know, our, our earning potential becomes greater. We, we, and we realize it. We're more efficient at what we do. We're more effective and more efficient. And it's, it's when an employer sees, understands and recognizes that they will, they see the value that you have now. And whether you have an employer or whether you have yourself, you're self-employed or whether you have a business of your own, your own, whatever you do. It's just in, in business, it gives you the confidence that you, that you have and you don't care about competition anymore. You could care, couldn't care less what the competition is doing. And it's, it's, it's to some degree. I mean, you want to, you want to understand your competition. You want to understand this. This is the whole, it's good. I'm not going to teach a business course here today, but you want to, you want to be able to know who your competition is and what they're doing, but you don't let them rattle you. There are some cases where you want to associate with a business, quote, competitor, Maybe they offer some services you don't and you want to be able to work with them and send clients their, their way. Maybe, maybe you do want to do that. And that's, there's, there's some situations where that, that makes sense. And it confounds them because this, this is where you really set off, you're, you put your, your competition kind of out of kilter. That when, they're without, when they're out to get you and you end up helping them in a way that they didn't expect. And all of a sudden they realize, you may be an asset to them. And it's, it, it, I had, I've had this, I had this happen to me back in the nineties. I had a fierce competitor in a business that I had started. He was out to get me. Couldn't stand the fact that I was being successful. Did just couldn't stand it because he he thought I was doing everything wrong and he couldn't stand it. And yet I was outperforming him four to one. But there were things I needed from this guy. And, and it was in, his, in the business that he was running in. And there were things that he needed from me. And I was drawing clients to him. Just the mere fact that I was in existence was boosting the awareness of the, of the particular product that we were selling, the service we were selling. And he benefited from that. And at one point, I made it very clear to him. I, I didn't say it that way, but, I, but, it, but the way I went around it, there was this business opportunity that we had, this, this oppor one opportunity, and all of a sudden he showed up at my door. He said, how can we work together? And so we had a little chat. And things were very different after that. 
He understood that he needed me just as much as I needed him. And that our businesses were helping each other. If you go down the, uh, the, I call it the car sales highway. In most cities, there's an area where you'll, you'll find a couple of car dealers. And typically in those areas, you'll find a whole bunch of car dealers, used car dealers, new car dealers. They're all piled up in the same place. And the reason for that is because when people go car shopping, the used car dealer, the little guy, the little mom and pop operation, they want to be close to the, to the big car dealers because that's where people are coming to shop for cars. They're drawing the people in in that particular area and they drive right past their car lot to go to this other car lot. And they say, hey, well, there's a car right there. Why don't we just check that one out? So little car dealers, and of course, the more car dealers you have in an area, the more, let's go, let's, when you're going to car shopping, where are we going to go? We're going to go to that part of town, that particular block. We know that on that corner, there's all kinds of car dealers, there's all kinds of cars. And we can, and, and now all of a sudden, that big car dealer is not the only one there trying to draw people to them. They've got people coming from all, all over the place to look for cars because that's where they know the cars are. Not just because of their car dealership, but all the car dealerships. Now, yeah, the competition is there. And it sharpens each, they sharpen each other that way. They all have to compete and be better and have better cars, better products, better service, better after the sale service. Because they're competing against each other. The competition increases the performance, typically. Not always. And if the car dealers recognize that, they will, they will kind of rejoice in the fact that, hey, we're, we're setting up a major area here where we have a, a, a capitalization here on, in, on the, the car market. And Bob's used cars that's, you know, a mile down the road, it's in the middle of nowhere. Probably not getting as near as much traffic as we are here because of all the car dealerships here. So it's just one of those fundamentals in business that you learn. I don't know where, how I got off on this top, topic this morning, but um, nonetheless, it, it's, it is, uh, and, and what, what's aggravating about this is it's the point where the government tries to come in and now says, says okay, now that you're making so much money, now let's see, to recognize people who are making their money off of dividends and investments, they, they, they really don't pay income tax. It's, there's this weird, and there's this, other, there's a weird thing that I just saw the other day. It's just called this infinite banking system. It's a thing on whole life, getting cash value of a whole life policy and you're living off this thing, paying off. This thing is a, a ridiculous, uh, it looks like a you're setting yourself up with your own pyramid scheme that's going to collapse on yourself. I, I just I, it's I don't understand the the principle behind it. There's these guys selling this idea on how to set up your your whole life policy, and you borrow money. You 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 take cash out of your cash value. Now you got to you got to you got to buy the policy. It's a it's a whole life policy, and I think if it spends like twenty five thousand dollars, say you put twenty five thousand dollars on a, on a policy. And you, it's, it's complicated. I don't even get into it because it's just, and somehow you, you're, you're borrowing $75,000 out of it or whatever. And then you, you take, you know, whatever you got out of it, you take, say, take a certain amount of money out of it. And it, you're, you're borrowing against it basically. And then you 
take that and you pay off things and you buy things or whatever you're going to do and then you pay yourself back and it's it's really it's it just seems like a way to scam yourself i'm not exactly sure what what's going on with that but so i would i don't know it's something about it just doesn't doesn't seem right to me i mean it's one of those things where okay if everybody did this like robert kiyosaki he talks about he's really into debt he he he, he loves debt he loves borrowing money OPM, they call it, other people's money. He operates on other people's He doesn't like the Dave Ramsey plan because it's, a, well, Dave Ramsey, you know, he's paying off your debts and you're doing everything with cash. For the average American person, for every, most people out there, the Dave Ramsey plan is the most peaceful way to live your life. Having the money to pay your bills, to not be in debt, to, not, to, to know that nobody's going to take, well, the government can come in and take it, you know, that, that the wealth you've built is real is actually wealth. Now, I don't know what's going to happen. When Robert Kiyosaki dies, I don't know what's going to happen with all of his real estate. The problem with Robert Kiyosaki's business plan is that if 90% of the people out there tried to do what he's doing, it, the, the world will not exist. It, it can't, you can't exist that way. Only certain, there's a certain limited number of positions where his, his particular strategy his particular plan will work it's it's it doesn't just doesn't work that way and it's because there's only so many rental properties out there there's only so many investments you can do and and borrow from you know if everybody was 300 million dollars in debt i i just i don't know how that would work it just seems like it would be ridiculous. Now, the problem is with the American psyche in this whole thing, the reason that they were for people to go off the cliff here with this is that consumer, consumer debt is the problem. And what, what I mean by that, when you go out and borrow money, when you pay, use a credit card to buy the latest video game, the Xbox, whatever it is, When you're using a credit card, when you're using debt to buy a car, to buy, I just saw, saw a Ramsey thing the other day. I, I, all I saw was the headline, but it was, this guy has, owes more on his car than he makes in a year. And, okay, it, think about that. I, I, I can't imagine going back to that. I, I, can't, I really can't. And I, um, say you make $50,000 in a year. You're going to go out and borrow, buy a car that's a you know, $60,000 car. Well, good for you. It's not really your car. And by the time it is your car, it's going to be all worn out. Because at any time, if you don't make the payments on that car, the, car's gonna, the bank's going to come and take it. They're going to auction it off, and you're going to pay the difference. In other words, if they... Say you owe $50,000 on the car. The bank comes and gets it, and they sell it for $40,000. You still owe them ten, and you don't have a car. Good for you. Good good choices in your life there. You've been better off going out and buying a car for $10,000. Good, decent car. And you can buy a decent car for $10,000. For way less than that, even. And just drive it, fix it, do your stuff. 
oh, it's going to be broken all the time. There's no, I, not if you buy it right. If you're willing to turn a couple wrenches and change your own oil, it's, it's, why am I off on this t- subject this morning? I said, not, nothing, nothing what I plan on, on talking about, so I'm just going to move along. I, uh, the Chicago mayor recently, uh, there, there's, boy, I don't know if I can play this, this audio clip or not. A lot of things distracted me here this morning. Just a lot of people sending me texts and all kinds of crazy things. Um, this one download, uh, where is it? I think I downloaded this. Download, oops, not, that's not what I wanted to play. No, uh, yeah, that's not what I wanted. Shut up. Um, downloads. I downloaded this one video that I, th- I think it was, is kind of revealing. Uh, it is, uh, this isn't the one I wanted. The, the, the mayor, is it on here? Is it on in my, f- no, it's not on here. Yeah. It's in the queue. It's not in the queue. All right. Well, no, 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 whatever. The mayor, the mayor of Chicago recently came out. He was asked a question about, <clears throat> this is the guy who talks like he's talking to you like, a, like you're a kindergartner. He, I guess he was a grade school principal at one point. And he talks to everybody like they're, they're a kindergartner. And he will not listen to anyone. He won't have a conversation with anybody. He just talks over everybody when he talks to anybody. He, he will not, he will not have, he, there's, there's no conversation. There's no discourse. There's, there's no, there's no, nothing. There's no debate. It's just, he, he starts talking over and repeating himself. I've noticed this with a particular, there's a particular cultural thing. I've noticed with, with certain people that it seems like it, this happens a lot. They start to repeat themselves. You can't, you can't talk to them. Can't have a conversation. Can't make a point and then talk about the person, you know, to the point. Can't go back and forth with that point. It's just, I'm here to tell you. One of the things he got into an argument with one of the, I think it was, uh, was it Gomer? Some, I think it was Gomer. Maybe it was uh, Grassy. I don't, he he um, was in his face saying, more, gr- more guns equals more crime. More guns equals more crime. More guns equals more crime. He just kept saying that. And the guy was trying to have a conversation with him, and he wouldn't. He was just in his face, like being very belligerent and, and very, very uh, almost aggressive to the point where I was concerned. I, I would have been concerned. Guys in my face like that, I, I would have been ready to call the police. Uh, we need security over here. Because it, it's anybody does that to you unprovoked, just out of the blue, getting in your face, start talking to you, to you like that without. And, and they, there was no engagement in "hello, how are you?" No, nothing about "hey, let's have this conversation." It was just he just jumped in his face and started talking while he was talking to somebody else. Very rude, very very aggressive, and very, in my opinion, borderline assault. The. The weird thing about some of this is the, the audacity that he has of, of, of doing this kind of thing. Now, he, he, had, he had a reporter the other day, he was doing a news conference, and he had a, this reporter asked him a question about, um, how was it? He asked him about the, The, the economics or the economy in Chicago and the problem with immigration and um, the crime rate, I think it was the crime rate actually, uh, crime rate in the, in the, in the, uh, the immigration, the, the illegal migrant population in Chicago, some of the issues that are happening there. 
And he, he, he runs into this rant, the entire rant, about radical right-wing extremists. He blames the entire situation in Chicago on radical right-wing extremists. They, they are attacking our city. They're attacking any... He, he ran right through the whole thing and basically brought it back to the Civil War. Maybe I can find it here in my history. I, it's, it could be... Oh, that's nice. I just lost all my... I don't, I don't know what it is with the YouTube app. I'll have a, a video up. I'll have a queue. I'll have a whole bunch of stuff happening. And all of a sudden, the queue goes away. You know, it's... it's uh, it's just the weirdest thing. Let's see. Let's look at the history here. I think it's back here somewhere. Maybe I can find it. Um, that's, that's the Peter Ducci. I, I do want to play the Peter Ducci uh, with Corinne Jean-Pierre. She's French. Let's look at all of them here. Um, going back here a little ways. Yeah, he's not. I don't see him anywhere here. here. Again, I apologize to the. Here it is. Here it is right here. Maybe I should play this. Um, let's see if I can actually put this on my on the Bluetooth so you can actually hear it potentially well enough to. All right, apologize for the. There it is, right there. Let's connect this up to the system. Get you some real audio coming in here. I'm gonna play this guy. Here's what he says. Now it's it's really quite. Um, Disgusting, really, in my opinion. But here's where he goes with this thing. This is from Memeology 101. Hi, Nair. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. What would you want to see from the border deal that's being discussed in Congress? And would you want some limits placed on the flow of migrants from other cities and states? Well, it Excuse me. So, so if you couldn't hear what, what, what she asked, actually, um, what, she, what she actually asked him there was the, the flow of immigration. Um, does there need to be some control in the flow of immigration for, to, to, you know, states and what's, what's going on? Now, if you remember Eric Adams, who is the uh, New York City mayor, came out and basically just said, we've got to control the border. We've got to stop this. This is it's, it's unsustainable. We can't do this. He, he recognizes what, look, there's a problem here. It's not just it's not just that they're coming to New York City. That's the problem is we're at capacity. We can't handle anymore. This is not a good idea. We've got to stop this. Chicago has not said that. Chicago is still welcoming them there. And they're taking them all in. They're living in tents, folks. They're people. The tent community there is ridiculous now. And it's um, winter's coming. It's, it's getting cold now. It's been under it's been below freezing now for the last last week. And they won't, you know, that's, well, we have to take them in. I, what is the, what is the thinking here about this? What, what is the reasoning here? I, I don't, I don't get it, but they, but they want the border to be the, the, the border states to be the ones that handle all this stuff. Oh, Texas is big enough. It can handle all the, all the migrants. We can take on, we can take on all the millions of migrants. No, you no, you can't, you can't afford it. And now Eric Adams, because he's come out and said this is now under investigation with the FBI from something that happened like 16 years ago. 16, the FBI all of a sudden shows, raids his house, takes his phone. What is going on with that? He comes out and said, within a month of coming out and saying that this is unsustainable and we can't, we have to, we have to close the border. Next thing you know, 
It's under investigation by the FBI. They have his phone records from 16 years ago. 16 years ago. Great. That's great. So here is uh, this guy, Mayor. I don't, I don't know what his name is. I can't remember what his name is. Uh, I can't remember what his name is. Brandon. Brandon Johnson. I think. Is that Brandon? Brandon? Yeah, I think it's. Let's go, Brandon. Brandon Johnson, Chicago mayor. Let's continue to listen to what this This is his response. This is what the whole migrant problem is. The migrant problem. This is his answer to the migrant problem. Um, instituted by right-wing extremism. Um, everyone knows. Well, it has to be better coordination. You know, what we've seen is a very raggedy form um, instituted by right-wing extremism. Um, everyone knows that the right-wing extremism in this country has targeted democratically ran cities. And quite frankly, what is he saying here? What, what, did, he, what did he say? Uh, he goes on. He, I'm like, there's a lot more of this to play. Well, it has to be. What did he say there at the beginning? It has to be organized. Has to be. And he, he goes. He just, he just goes on with this. Uh, we've been very intentional about going after democratically ran cities that are led by people of color, and their whole motivation is to create disruption and chaos. Because so he's saying this is about going after Democrat-run cities that are run by people of color, by Democrats of color. So it's racism. What? what? So these immigrants are coming in and these radical right-wing people are somehow responsible for the problems that the Democrats are having in their cities. Democrat-run cities, especially Democrat-run cities by, by Democrats, by black people. Now, he's not giving us any indication of how this is happening or what is happening. He's not giving us any examples. He's not giving us any, you know, exhibit A, exhibit B. Not making a case for this. He's just saying this is the way it is. In what way and in what evidence do you have or any kind of systemic paperwork? What, what do you have here that says that, oh, we just need to get the FBI involved probably. That's what we need to do. The FBI starts, needs, needs to start uh, investigating all these right-wing extremists like people like the Catholic Church or, you know, evangelicals or these people that show up to those parents that show up to board meetings. They're a bunch of radical right wing extremists. They're terrorist organizations. That's what this, that particular party has been about, right? This is the same political party that did not want to accept that president Obama was actually an American. It's the same Republican, right? There's still, there's still some question about that, but I, but it's, so he's going back to this whole thing of basically Republicans. And there are the people who are just the regular everyday people who look at things and think that, you know, there's something suspicious about this. And we're going to ask some questions. Oh, if you ask questions, are you, now, you're, uh, now you are a radical right wing racist extremist. By the way, the radical right wing, the, the, extreme, the white supremacist groups, and this, is, this has been documented, folks, by the way. John Stossel, I believe, I believe, uh, Tucker Carlson, I think, who else, there was th three or four guys that, that were like well-known, credible journalists, real journalists, who had interviewed actual leaders of white supremacist groups. They were not Trump supporters. 
everything about them on their policies was leaned much more socialist. You could, you could say they're so, social libertarians. Now, so if you look up the term social libertarian, it basically is communist. A conservative libertarian is quite the opposite. They are two polar opposites. And it comes down to this whole idea of collectivism versus individualism. But it's, it is amazing to me that they continue to get away with this whole idea of the alt-right or the extreme right wing is ra the racist wing. They're the Nazis. No, that's not the way. It, it's, it's just not that way. But they have, they have clearly defined themselves. This, this, they have a way of changing history every time they do anything anyway. But, so he goes on with this whole, this whole statement here. Extremism that stormed the Capitol. It's the same right so, wing extremism that refuses to accept the results of the Civil War. It's raggedy. It's disrespectful. It's mean-spirited. It's an unclean spirit, quite frankly. And so, so I got you. I got you. I just want to make sure that people understand what we're facing. That's why it's so important that the faith community is leaning in in this moment. So this is, this is, this is his whole thing here. This is what he believes. He believes that it's the reason that the, well, we're having trouble in these Democrat cities is because we're, being, we're under attack. We're under attack from right-wing extremist groups. Okay, explain to me exactly how that works. What, what are you, in what way? What, what, how are they attacking? What are they doing that's causing this? Uh, what, what, I'm at a loss here, folks. I, I, don't, I don't understand anything he's saying with this, this statement at all. Nothing. Because it just, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Now, um, Here's another, here's another video I want to play that, that's, uh, oh, where'd it go? I am always, I'm terrible about this stuff. Um, I need, I need a director. I need an engineer, somebody. Um, it should be in my history. It should be right here somewhere, but it's not, of course. I know it's in my, uh, it was in my downloads. It was, I'm pretty sure it was in my downloads. The, um, yeah, this, this is Peter Ducci. Uh, this is, this is via the Blaze News. Um, he, he questions, because all we're hearing about is that, oh, this Thanksgiving was one of the, the, was the fourth cheapest Thanksgiving that we've ever had in this country. The data shows this and data shows that. And this Thanksgiving was, it was cheaper turkey, cheaper flights, cheaper everything. Everything was cheaper. And we're supposed to believe that the last administration left the economy in a, in a terrible situation. They just ruined it. The last, last, last administration, the way they handled COVID was just terrible. And they ruined the economy. They ruined the whole country. And they, they've, they've you know, fought their way back and made it back. Now we're, we, we've reduced the rate of... <laughs> Here's what's really funny about this. They talk about the way they've reduced the rate of inflation. Um, it's, it's because it, it's stabilized. It's, 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 not, it's not peaking anymore. It's, it's higher. It's still, it's still higher than it was at any time during the Trump administration. But it's, it's stable. They're, 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 just, they're just happy with the fact that it's stabilized. It's not peaking anymore. In other words, it was like at 1.4% or whatever it was under Trump. And then under him, it's like, it's like, I think the average has been 5 point something, five, almost 6% inflation under Biden. But, you know, there for a while it was like 15%. 
Well, they got it back down to 6% and it's stable right there. So, so now it's, it's stabilized. It's stabilized. We're, it's not peaking anymore. We're supposed to be happy with that. It's ridiculous. But this is the way they like to play it. They like to paint this picture of, oh, it's so much better now. So let's listen to, this is Peter Ducci. Questioning, and then at the end, there's this other guy that asked a question about something else. It's, it's kind of irrelevant, so we may, we may cut that part off. But this is uh, just a few minutes here. Thanks, Green. On lowering prices, you said earlier that the actions the president has taken have worked. So is it your sense that when people were home for Thanksgiving, catching up with their family members, they were saying to each other, can you believe how much more affordable things have gotten? So honestly, I wouldn't, uh, I, I hear the question, but I want to make sure this is very clear. We take that very seriously. We take what families, families, the decisions that they make at their kitchen table, whether it's at, whether it's during Thanksgiving or whether it is every month as they're trying to make hard decisions uh, about how they move forward with taking care of their family. We take that very seriously. It's not a joke to us. It is important to us. This is the president who talks about it in a very personal way when he talks about what, what families have to go through, working families, middle-class families, and that's why he's taking actions that he has. And so, look, um, the fact is, the data shows that the economy is improving. The data shows that households remain in a strong financial position. Household wealth is, 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 is at a record high with lower income households seeing the largest gain since the pandemic. Those are indeed what Hello and welcome back. Well, I just I just uh, lost that one. Let's go Thanks, back. Thanks, Green. Um, start. Working families, middle class families, and that's why he's taking actions that he has. And so, look, um, the fact is, the data shows that the economy is improving. The data shows that you know you have to watch. Uh, this is one of those things where I listen to her voice. I can tell what she's doing, and it's she's she's reading parts of this. This is a scripted response. When you watch her in, in, on the video, I wish, I wish I could play it. It is very obvious that she is looking down, reading something. And of course, when she stammers, she's trying to make a point. Now, Joe Biden does this all the time, but you expect that out of someone who's, who has dementia. You know, you, who's the, his, at his age, who has dementia, you expect someone to, you know, tr trying to reemphasize things that he's saying, that he's actually reading, and he realizes he's just reading it, and he wants to emphasize it so he'll read it again because he's trying to find his place on the page. So he'll, 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 he'll you know, he'll, he'll, he'll stammer like, like this, you know, just, just stammer. And then, but, well, he'll stammer. And then he'll, he'll repeat himself. He'll repeat himself because as he's repeating himself, you repeat yourself. You can think about what you need to say or find that place on the page. You know, you can find that place on the page or you've lost your place and you're, you can't find your way back. You can't find your way back. So you continue to repeat yourself and you just repeat yourself. Keep repeating yourself. I think you understand what I'm trying to say here. The, the, uh, but, but her body language on top of this, it just, it's, it just screams. I am in everything she says and the way she talks and the way she acts, it just screams incompetence. It, it's totally, I'm up here. I don't know what I'm doing. Please, somebody save me. That, that's, that's all I see when I see her talk. That, that's, that's what she says to me. Every time. It doesn't matter what, what, doesn't matter what the words are coming out of her mouth. You understand the words are coming out of her mouth? It doesn't matter what words are coming out of her mouth. It just, everything else is screaming. 
Somebody please help me. Peter Ducey's asking me questions again. I don't know how to handle it. Let's continue. She continues on here with this whole... But, but what, what really bothers me about this is at the end of this thing, a couple of minutes, I think I've got this sped up a little bit, but it, at the end, because she sounds, people sound smarter when you speed it up 1.25%, by the way, when they start certain age. Um, so she, she, she goes into this whole thing, and as she continues on with this, with this uh, drool, she uh, ends up d- d- redefining history, or re, you know, re, reanimating history. What, what do I want to call it? It's... Households remain in a strong financial position. Household wealth is 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 at a record is, high. Is, with is, lower is. income households seeing the largest gain since the pandemic. Those are indeed what we're seeing. But we don't we don't take lightly. We actually we do not take lightly what Americans and families continue to feel. That's why the yourself. president at two o'clock is going to talk about what the actions that he's taking to continue to lower costs. But why do you well, think it is that okay, when you so, say the so the president's going to take action to lower costs? But when the costs go up, we're told that the president has no control over costs. The president doesn't control the price of fuel. Which, by the way, it controls pretty much, that's pretty much the engine that makes everything run in this country. We are an oil-based economy. Sorry to say it, but we are. We're not a renewable fuel. This this whole sustainable, renewable fuel thing, it's, I saw a billboard the other day. There's this this company down in, in Chicago. They have what they call green signs. I'm sure they mean well. I'm, I'm sure that they're trying to do the job. I, I don't get where they're going from. And I don't have a problem with people trying to be a con- uh, not, not the economy. They, they're, they're trying to be ecology friendly. They're trying to be environmentally friendly. I, I get that. I, I, I'm all about it. But we have to provide a product that makes sense and it's real and it actually can, can make people's that can, people can make the tr- tr- transition with and make it smooth. I mean, it's, it's just, by the way, my backup cup is uh, apple cider and I'm laying into that right now because I ran out of tea. So I have this, this issue with uh, this, 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 Green technology stuff. Well, this, I saw this billboard the other day. It, says, it said it was all lit up and it said, this sign runs on complete sustainable energy. What does that mean? Does that mean at like one o'clock in the morning, the lights are going to go out because the batteries go dead because it was cloudy for the last four days? You know, I don't know. Um, what is sustainable energy? And what is, uh, what, what do they call it? Uh, recyclable energy. I think I actually said, said recyclable energy. Okay, so what, what is that? I saw a little news report where this, this airplane flew on 100% renewable energy. Or sustainable energy, whatever it was. It was biofuel or whatever it was. This plane flew, long, it was a long haul flight. It's like 10 hours. on this uh, sustainable energy thing. What, what does that mean exactly? And how much energy, how much, realistically, how did they get that much fuel moved to that airplane? All the things that had to go into place 
to make that happen. And by the way, it's so expensive that they can't just do it for everybody, just anybody. They can't, they can't continue it on because it's just too expensive to make that kind of fuel, and there's not enough of it. It ain't going to happen soon. Just put it that way. This ridiculous idea that we're going to force it down people's throats when there's plenty of fuel and the whole global warming thing is... Oh, let's not even get into that. The, um, so let's continue on here with Peter Ducey. Improving. And President Biden says the economy is improving. That a majority of Americans outside of this building are not buying. So here's the thing. When we walked into... So here's the thing. The American people are lying. The American people are stupid. So where does she go with this? So, so what Peter Ducey is asking here is, there, okay, so Biden is saying it's improving, and you're saying it's improving, and everybody is saying it's improving, except the American people outside this building are saying it's not improving. They're feeling the pinch. Now, unless you're in a particular industry or something's going on, th there's always going to be exceptions. And frankly... I think um, there's always always situations in every every economy where you just happen to be in the right place at the right time and you're making all kinds of money. It's, it's, so your economy personally is doing well, but, but the, the, the general economy around you is not doing well. So some people feel like, oh, the economy's fine. Yeah, when you're making a six-figure income, the economy's fine. But that's not for, not everybody's doing that. So it's, it's, it comes back to this whole me selfishness thing, my center, my little world, everything's fine. I, I, this one friend of mine is a rabid leftist. Doesn't, I don't think she realizes it. She wouldn't call herself that. She thinks she's, she's an independent, but she's not at all. She's totally left-wing, leftist lunatic. And... I see, I see on her Facebook page once in a while, she, she's traveling all over the world, doing all kinds of stuff, going to Europe, going to whatever, going to whatever, well, we're down to Disneyland, doing whatever, whatever they're doing, they're doing all this stuff all the time. She lives in California, of course. But they, uh, their family, her, her and her husband, mostly her husband, he's a lawyer. He makes a ridiculous amount of money. They probably make half a million dollars a year. I don't know what they make. So for them, sure, it's easy. It's, it's, it's you know, they, they don't see it. I guarantee you, they're not giving 10% of their income to the homeless shelter downtown. I guarantee you they're not doing that. But they want the government to take care of those people. And then, back it up a couple steps, just about a year ago, having noticed she was complaining about all the taxes they have to pay. Huh. So how's that, how's that supposed to work? Anyway. The, uh, so let's, let's continue on here. So this, she's going to tell us now. So he's asking the question about, okay, so you're saying this, but the American people are saying that. So how does this, how does this work? Oh, now she's going to go into the previous administration. It's not us, it's the previous administration. Here we go. Administration. 
the economy was on a tailspin. A tailspin. Because of the last. That's time. a fact. The economy was on a tailspin. No, it was not. No, it was not in a tailspin, folks. I, let's, let's explain to me. Tell, tell us what. Give us some numbers here, Kareen. We're just making, barely making it back to where we were when he took office. And we're still not there because the rate of inflation is terrible. And it's, we are not, we are in a more unstable position right now than we were at the, at the end of the Trump administration as of January 20th, 2021. It is ridiculous. And fuel prices are up almost a dollar more than they were. Everything else is up. And, and it's this idea that the economy was in a tailspin. No, we, we were coming out of the, this whole COVID thing just fine. And then all, here's, here's where it happened. And I, and I don't, I don't, people, apparently, the people don't remember this stuff. If you will recall, when Putin moved into Ukraine, we all of a sudden came up with all these sanctions. We're going to sanction him. We're going to punish this guy. It didn't slow him down one bit. I, maybe, maybe there's more hurt over there than we know, but it certainly hasn't stopped him, has it? Well, it wasn't meant to stop him. We were, we were told, oh, well, then why did we do it? Because it's hurting us more than it is him. And the 2020 elections were rolling around. The 2022 elections, I'm sorry. In 20, at the end of 2021, all of a sudden, we started selling off our strategic oil reserves to lower the price of gas to make to make to give them a better shot in the 2022s midterms. He did all that to sell it out for political power. He didn't care. They don't care about us. Couldn't care less about us. It's all about their political power. Oh, we have to maintain our democracy. We're gonna lose our democracy if we do what the people want. And now, think about how you know, ironic that is. Ridiculously hypocritical that is. Here she goes. Because of the Trump administration, because of how they dealt with, uh, dealt with COVID and the pandemic, because they didn't have a comprehensive plan. The president came in, he passed the American Rescue Plan. Which By the way, the American Rescue Plan was a, it was a sham bill, folks. The American Rescue Plan the Anti-Inflation Act, all this had nothing to do with rescuing American people. This, this is just rewriting history is all she's doing here. I, it's unbelievable to me that they get away with this kind of crap. Unbelievable. They do it every day. All the time. So here we go with some more. Able to get the economy back on its feet, which is able to open up small businesses. Small businesses were able to open up. Schools were able to open up. And we understand what Americans have been feeling over the last two, three years. It's going to take some time. We get that. It's going to take some time. But it does not take away how we have seen the economy getting back on its feet. We actually had to fix the problem that we saw that the last administration left us. Almost three years in office. Inflation is up over 17% since President Biden came here. 
Inflation, inflation is moderating because of the moderating. actions that this, per, this president is moderating. Taking. Because, because prices because are going up slower. They're still high. It's going down. The prices are going down. If you look at where, for example, for a perfect example, I mean, I just talked about last week how turkey price, the ter- cost for turkeys is going down. The well, cost, cost for turkey. eggs is going That's down. That's not going to be people every day. the actions that we're taking. Which I just talked about supply chain and how that affects the economy. And that's because of the president's action that he's taken. He's and the one that made it all go up. Gas prices. It's down by $1.70 since its peak, since its peak, because of the actions that this president has taken. It was his so actions that made it peak. People are still not feeling it. We get that. But doesn't mean that we're not going to continue to talk about it. Doesn't mean that the president at two o'clock is not going to talk about how he's lowering costs, right? And let's not What's, forget. What does he have to do with costs? What Republicans are doing on the other side of, of uh, again, Pennsylvania Avenue. They're trying to increase health care costs. They want to get rid of Medicare. They want to get rid of uh, Social Security. That is something that we saw them. Okay, the, the Republicans have never gotten rid of Medicare or Social Security. That's it. it just they always threaten us with this. They've been threatening us with this for fifty years, and it, it never happens. I wouldn't care if they did, but it's because there are other programs that would be better. There was actually a proposal at one point. Um, uh, might have been George Bush the, the second. That actually made sense. It was shot down before he even made it to the table. And I know it, wasn't, it didn't come from George Bush's head. It came from one of his advisors. And I think it might have actually been um, something that Ron Paul was involved in. And it actually made sense. And it, it would have completely changed our economy, completely changed everybody, everybody's uh, life in their retirement. And of course, he, you know, they, they shot it down, wouldn't, wouldn't allow it at all. I think, I think it's one of those things where, you know, they, she just continues to hammer on this idea that it, it's, it's all Trump's fault. It was all Trump's fault. It was not. And yet that's where they try to go with it all the time. It just blows my mind. And they get away with this crap because nobody calls them. You know, the next question is, you know, if I'd have been a reporter in the room, if I'd have worked more for someone, I would have said, just let's follow up on this, what you're talking about here. Let's, let's dig a little deeper in this. Can you give us some examples of what, what you're doing? Can, can, can you run us back through the history again of what the economy was like at the end of the presidential, at the end of Trump's presidency and what it was like and what, what Biden did exactly to to this whole thing. He reversed all the policies that Trump had in place. We're no longer energy independent. That's the number one thing he did, the biggest thing he did. Day one, he was reversing all that stuff. Ridiculous. The tariffs that were in place, all the, the trade with China, all the stuff that was going on, it's all, it's all back, it's all, it's all gone. The economy took it Took a backwards run right off the bat. It just blows my mind. So what we have here now, of course, is this. Uh, well, let's move on. Let's move on. Ireland. Ireland. Ah, Ireland. Ah, the peat. Oh, the peat. The potatoes. Land of the potato. The, um, uh, Conor McGregor, um, uh, this guy's, he's just, uh, full of testosterone. That's what it is. And you got, you've got it right now. You got the prime minister. Uh, apparently he, he might run for office, I guess. Uh, he, he's, 
he's basically putting up some some fight here with what's going on in Ireland right now. And um, he, he it's very possible uh, he may be running for office. I don't know what he's going to do. He, he might run for prime minister. The, prime, the current prime minister there right now is apparently he's a um, a man from India. I, I don't know if they have any rules there on, on migrants becoming prime minister there. Uh, he is also a, a, a gay man. And he's also, something else. there's three things he filled the gap of whatever, you know, the identity politics stuff. In a country that is 75% Catholic. Um, I, it's, it is a very... Now, the more I'm hearing about this whole thing that happened with the stabbings with these kids and the, this, this one mother, I guess it was, and her teacher, whoever it was, and the, 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 the outrage that happened, of course, the, the riots that ensued. I, I don't ever want to see riots happen. Uh, as a general rule, rioting is not beneficial to anyone. It is a, a very bad... Now, now, if it comes down to the fact where it comes down to the issue of there's nothing left for us to do, there's no other way to change this, then at some point, yeah, the riots, riots are going to happen. Not, not, again, I don't condone it ever because I, don't, I just don't think it's effective. I don't think it's... It's not getting done what you want to get done. It's not, it's not, it's not solving the problem. It's just a, a symptom of the problem. And I personally, I think that you have, you just have to, you know, let's find ways around this. Let's get, let's get this government out of here. It's causing these problems. They now have legislation on the books uh, that they're, they're trying to have on, on the table. That looks like they're going to pass it. Or basically they can de deem anything that they want to be as, as hate speech. Now this, this idea that, any speech is illegal. This, this is, I've heard this from our own floor on the Congress. You have the right to any legal speech. What, how, what's legal speech to you? What, what is, what do you? Please define for me. What is legal speech? What is illegal speech? Well, you can't yell fire in a crowded firehouse. In a, in a, can't yell fire in a crowded firehouse. You can't yell theater in a crowded, crowded firehouse. I think that was one of Steve Martin's lines. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Yes, you can. There's no law in any book that says you can't do that. We're not talking about illegal speech here. We're talking about politically correct speech. That's what, that's what they would like to consider. And hate speech. I'd love to ask one of these people, the next person that steps up to be a judge, I'd like to say, uh, is, it, is, it, is it wrong to hate if they say yes, I'm going to say, I hate injustice. Am I wrong? Well, that's a double negative. No, it's not a double negative at all. It's a flat-out, positive, straightforward statement. I hate injustice, period. I hate lying. What's wrong to hate a person? Well, do you hate Donald Trump? Watch their head explode. They dare not say no. He's the only one worthy of hate. 
because he is Hitler. There's no reasoning with these people. Ridiculous. So I, I, I question whether or not these people have any sense of reasoning. They've lost everything. But, but Ireland is, is, in a, is in a mess. It's in a really interesting place right now. And they're talking about this whole freedom of speech thing. And this one lady says, well, for the, for the common good, we have to limit. All of your rights are, are limited for the common good. Uh, no, you, no. Our rights are protected for the common good. Not limited. All of a sudden, you, you have the right. Who's, get, who's getting the, the power to limit our rights for what you define as the common good? In other words, for your political purposes. That's the common good is your political purposes. There's a, there's a, I'll try to put together some video or audio, I guess you should say, from the, from the video. The, the, um, I don't have time to do it today, but hopefully I'll have a, have a chance to do it for Friday. I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen with me on Friday, but I'm hoping to have a show on Friday with some interesting uh, clips from some of these people that have been saying some things in Ireland. And, and then and Conor, uh, uh, Conor McGregor's um, response to some of it. He's basically, he's basically putting the, the ultimatum out there saying, Either they're going to get their act together or we're going to do something about it. And it sounds like he's going to run. I, I don't know whether we will or not, but it's, it should be an interesting thing. Uh, so as the day goes on, and I'm sorry for the lateness of this show. I'm sorry. If, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's after afternoon already. But, uh, and my voice held up. I'm really, really kind of quite surprised, but it's, uh, it's held up and it's not even sore. So tomorrow morning, folks, I don't know about tomorrow morning's show. There's a possibility um, of a show tomorrow morning. There's uh, one thing on my schedule that I might be able to start later in the day, which will give me an opportunity to be uh, able to start early in the morning. Um, to do, have a show early in the morning. However, most likely there'll be a show on Friday. I, don't, I just don't know what Friday's going to look like. Um, don't know what they're going to do. If I end up getting stuck uh, in Chicago on Friday. It might be a little difficult for me to do it, but I, I'll try to do a show. I'll see, I'll see how it works out. Might just be a short show, but we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Folks, God bless. Have a great week. Have a great rest of your week. Take care.